Welcome to Machine Learning. I wanted to talk about why China's export growth is slowing down. One of the big concerns is uh, with China is if they become aggressive with Taiwan, will be how that will impact uh, exports. It will definitely have an impact on exports and the logistic uh, supply chain. The growth of exports from China has slowed down from its initial years in a very substantial way. Annual growth rate of exports from China has declined from over 30% in initial years to a mere 7%. Uh, there are many reasons behind this decline. One of the major reasons is the financial crisis of 2008 still had a big impact on China. Uh, and also the supply chains. Also another big impact on exports has been COVID um, and the labor labor crisis that's occurred. The crisis led to a decline and going back to the financial crisis, the crisis led to the decline in the demand for Chinese exports. The demand of Chinese exports in the U.S. and Europe was directly affected by the financial crisis. In addition to the financial crisis, the slowdown in the Chinese export is also due to the rise of competitive exports from many other countries. The export industries of various countries such as India, Vietnam, Bangladesh, are becoming more competitive by the day. In the initial years, the Chinese manufacturers faced very few competitors in the world markets and the Chinese manufacturers could easily sell their products in international markets. But with the entry of new competitors in the international markets, the Chinese manufacturers have to face a lot of competition. The entry of competitors has led to the decline in demand for Chinese exports. Competition has forced the Chinese manufacturers to make their products more competitive. Besides, the Chinese manufacturers have to face competition not only with the new entrants, but from producers from developed countries as well. Um, if you remember the previous podcast I gave, uh, talked about China's uh, trade partners and who they were exporting to, and there were 15 countries that represented two-thirds of all their exports. And one of those countries was... Uh, the UK. So I think the exports to the UK, Germany, and um, to the Western European region has been really critical for China's success. It's interesting because China is actually geographically seems like a fairly small country. But China's also increased the, its exports to countries like India and Africa, which have huge areas of land. So even though China's a fairly small uh, geographically in relationship to the size of India or in the size of Africa, they're exporting to those countries. The decline in demand of Chinese exports has been very substantial in the last few years. As per capita data released by IMF, the demand of Chinese exports in the United States has declined by 5.6% in the last year. As a result of the share of total exports to U.S. has been declined 9.4% um, in 2011, 8.5% in 2000, 
12. So anyway, these are just showing you that the trend seems to be uh, uh, decreasing. Similarly, demand of uh, Chinese exports in the European Union has declined by 2% in last year. In 2011, the share of the total exports in the European Union was 12.7, but in, in 12, 2012, it declined to 11.6. Therefore, decline in demand of Chinese exports has been very substantial in the last few years. Um, well, and, and okay, so who are the countries that are are picking up the demand for for manufactured goods? And that would be countries like Indonesia and Malaysia, um, Myanmar, and Vietnam. Um, you know, Vietnam is interesting because it um, has such a high degree of talent and it, um, because of its capability, um, just one second, let's see. It, it has a lot of skilled labor. So a lot of the, I think Vietnam had one of the highest percentage of PhDs in the world. Very smart people. But the, it's translating now into manufacturing. So they're finding lower cost for production in uh, Vietnam. So you'll start seeing more things come out of Vietnam. Um and, and and also Myanmar and Malaysia, uh, Indonesia is picking up a lot of manufacturing. Let's see. Um looking for something here one second I'm going to take a look for manufacturing Okay, I found the article. Uh, this was in The Way the World Works is through Purchase Power Parity. The way, and this is an article I wrote, The Way the World Works is Purchase Power. In America, one ton of copper will cost uh, $8,119. That was at the time I wrote this, which probably was about 2011, 2012. For example, one euro would cost uh, one23 a dollar twenty-three, so a ton of copper would cost six thousand 
600 euros. If the exchange rate and the purchase power parity are the same, then the basket of goods costs the same in the purchase power in both countries. If a ton of costs, uh, copper costs 6,500 euros, then the purchase power differs. Euros are stronger than dollars in their purchase power. So when you see that, then you can, you can uh, utilize the currency ch uh, valuations is what uh, happens is because if the PPP is not the same in each one of the countries, then you can, you can uh, uh, take advantage of that currency difference in buying that particular commodity and then profit off of it. The dollar does not have a consistent value in relationship to other currencies like euro, yen, and pound. When currency appreciates against other currencies, it means that imports get cheaper. For example, it takes fewer dollars to buy more import goods. Traveling abroad using dollars means foreign travel costs less. When purchase power parity moves away from exchange rates, it means inflation is occurring. Uh, in the country with less purchasing power. So what that would mean if the euro was stronger than the dollar, it would mean the dollar has inflation that's occurring. So uh, that would mean that in the U.S. our purchase power parity would be decreasing against in comparison to uh, euro, the euro region. If the flip side was reversed, if our if the dollar was getting stronger, uh, economies stronger then our purchase power parity would be increasing and we would uh, we would be able to buy more things with our dollars and that me would mean then inflation is decreasing strong currencies countries import goods from weaker currency countries okay there's our stance strong currency countries import more goods because they can buy more so they're going to buy uh, goods that from other countries where things are cheaper our emergency mar Emerging markets receive hot money to fill their economies. Rapid growth due to industry, cheap labor, demand for export goods heats up uh, emerging market economies. Jobs are more plentiful. The exchange rate between two countries should match the price levels between two countries. E equals P divided by P2, P1 divided by P2. President Trump claims unfair trade and currency exchange have given China an unfair advantage. In 2018, one yuan exchanged for uh, 15.77 cents, or 15.77 cents. So you get one yuan would be equal to a dime and a nickel. The the People's Bank of China's central banks set the exchange rate of won or renminbi every morning. In 2005, the renminbi was allowed to fluctuate 2% in price against the basket of currencies. The People uh, uh, Republic, the People Republic Bank of China (PLBOC) uh, buys and sells the renminbi to keep it pegged with the dollar. So what they're doing is uh, they they buy the renminbi that increases the demand for the renminbi so the value or price of the renminbi goes up. Some currencies are allowed to float against other currencies on the market and their governments do not buy and sell the currency. That becomes like the currency war where the governments are buying and selling currencies in order to strengthen or weaken the currency. The claim 
of unfair trade practices occur when countries with cheaper uh, currencies experience exports. In 2016, a dollar bought 6.5 won. However, the purchase power parity was 5.7 RMB per dollar. The dollar was stronger against the won. So since the dollar was stronger against the won because of the trade deficit, where China was then buying U.S. treasuries um, with the, the trade deficit, that was making the dollar stronger against the one which was fueling the uh, the exports, China's exports, but bought less goods and services in China because of PPP. The RMB, okay, so what that's saying is bought less goods and services in China because of the PPP. Uh, dollar bought 6.5, Howard, the purchase power parity was 7.5. I think what they're saying there is that uh, the dollar was getting weaker because if it was getting weaker, then you could buy less goods and services in China. And that may be that may have been one of the reasons why China's uh, exports have been decreasing is because of inflation. And as inflation is increasing, we can buy less things from China. Uh, the RMB was 14% undervalued. Okay, so that was a big problem. But the yuan was appreciated 36% from 2005 to 2015 which meant that as the yuan was becoming more valuable against the dollar, we were able, uh, China was able to purchase more things from other countries. So imports to China was getting better. But at the same time, we were exports were becoming more expensive from China. So uh, we, manufacturers started to look for other areas other than China for manufacturing, and those areas were Vietnam, Indonesia, and Africa. Trump said that a 45% tariff on Chinese imports would be necessary to stop the unfair practice. Well, that never happened, but he did raise tariffs on aluminum and certain, uh, uh, I think it was just aluminum, but the tariffs there made a, a significant impact. Um, in terms of unfair trade practices. China said it would not engage in significant exchange rate reforms. Trump does not like China's strong intervention in currency markets and China's growing trade surplus. China is fighting its label as a currency manipulator. The loss of factories and jobs to foreign competition is a big concern. The purchase power parity shows the ratio of prices in national currencies for the same goods or services. Purchase power parity accounts for differences in inflation and prices in different countries. So because of PPP, it may be that you can find countries where you could buy things with the dollar where you could get a lot more. Like, for example, in Thailand, if you took $100 there, you could get a lot more things for your $100 because of PPP. In 2007, purchase power parity was stronger in India and China. Therefore, they contributed to the global growth when the United Kingdom, Japan, and uh, more to global growth than the United Kingdom, Japan, and US. In 2008, China's consumers are beginning to consume and invest. And that was the difference things. Now China's wealthy, their consumers are wealthy. They're buying more cars, they're buying uh, food products and those things. 
are contributing to China's consumption, uh, also telecoms becoming big. And so uh, we, we could see in a reverse where U.S. now starts to produce things and export it to China's consumer market. And some of those things could be AI, um, software, and um, also things like military and heating and cooling systems, HVAC, and big equipment. Those are some um, items that, uh, that we do really well. Countries most affected by import tariffs were Brazil, South Korea, China, South Korea. Well, I already said that. Third largest exporter still to the U.S. is China exports aluminum to the U.S. In 2016, dollar bots. Okay, I already covered that. Um, Trump's tariffs on Chinese steel and aluminum will slow emerging market growth. Trump's duties were 25% on steel, 10% on aluminum. Okay, so that that did make a an impact, but that he said that it needed to be 45% to stop the the trading balance. So he found some middle ground there where he was able to um, to get better better trade practices, and hopefully that stays in effect for a long time. Uh, countries most affected by import tariffs were Brazil, South Korea, and China. South Korea is the third largest exporter of steel to the U.S. China exports aluminum to the U.S.